Hello, and welcome to the Uncomfortable Is Okay podcast. I'm your host, Chris Desmond, and this is a show where I get to chat with cool people doing interesting things. They inspire me, and hopefully you, to get out of our comfort zones through their actions and their ideas. We also get to hear about some of the uncomfortable situations that they've been in. Today is episode 45, and I'm chatting with Bart DeVries. Bart and I have kind of known each other from a distance for a little while now, uh, so I've been able to follow along with some of the stuff he's been up to on social media. And I've always been fascinated by his path, so I was pretty stoked to be able to sit down and record a chat with him. Now, it is a shorter conversation than what it could have been. Uh, Traffic was pretty atrocious as I was heading over to, to talk to him. Uh, Summer has finally hit in Wellington and it seemed the night that I was going around, uh, everyone else was heading to the beach as well. So what was probably a half hour drive ended up taking about an hour 15. Uh, And also Bart was heading off the next day to help out with the New Zealand Golf Open, so needed to finish sorting some stuff out before then. Nevertheless, I think we managed to have a pretty cool uh, conversation. We get a bit of background on Bart, his interest in the human body growing up, playing some professional hockey, going and playing golf every day for four months with his mates, and he talks about how he got into business and learnt by giving it a go, as well as surrounding himself with some good mentors. We also chat today about embracing vulnerability and the unknown continuously challenging biases and assumptions, and the gaps between how we understand the body and health, and how that knowledge isn't really that well applied in business. Bart talks to us about becoming a beginner again, uh, as well as about building cool desks. And on the topic of cool desks, Bart's been working on a prototype for an adjustable height desk for a while. Uh, which I got to see and have a little bit of a play with. Uh, and it is pretty awesome. And we do talk about it a wee bit in the conversation here. But once it comes to market, I'll definitely pop up some pictures and some links so you guys can check that out as well. So today's conversation really only touches the surface of what I want to chat to Bart about. So we definitely will have to get him back at some point and, and have some further conversations. But as always, guys, thanks for listening in and thanks for taking the time to get uncomfortable with us today. G'day Bart, welcome to the Uncomfortable Is Okay podcast. Thanks for uh, inviting me around to, to have a have a bit of a chill out and check out your desk prototypes and have a have a lax out on the floor. Yeah, it's good. Thanks yeah, um, yeah. And sorry that the traffic was horrible. That uh, it took a took a while to get over here. Yeah. 
<laughs> so Bart, can you give me and the listeners a little bit of background about yourself, sort of where where are you from, uh, where you grew up, and uh, kind of maybe take us through to, to the varsity years? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm, I was born in Hawke's Bay, um, in Napier, and grew up in Hastings in Tijuana, um, and uh, I come from kind of a, a mixed family, mum's a Kiwi girl from Danny Burke, and then dad's a Dutch guy. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so had a bit of an yeah, interesting childhood growing up in, in a couple of different languages and, um, and in a nice little rural area on the coast in the Hawke's Bay in the sun, which was nice. Went to uh, finish school and then uh, went to university down in Dunedin. And throughout school, I was always tossing up whether I'd do probably th- three different things. One was be a physio. Because I was injured playing a lot of sport, and um, I was in the physio about three, probably on average three mornings a week, all through um, all through high school. And the other one was being a cook and a chef. I really enjoyed that, and uh, so I went and worked for a, a chef. Um, it was the like first female chef of the year. Uh, decided that was not an option anymore. Didn't want, didn't want to do that anymore, and then. Uh, and the other one was looking at playing golf over in the college in, uh, in the States. And I played golf every day for a number of years um, and got to the end of school and decided that I couldn't see the rest of my life on a golf course uh, playing each day. Uh, so I was left with physio as my kind of remaining option and it was a pretty good option, I thought. So one of my best mates' father was the physio that um, I used to go to and so I used to have plenty of yarns to him about the body and... Uh, was really intrigued. Both my parents were therapists, and um, so there was kind of a lot of chat around how the body worked and how the mind worked and uh, what it means to be a human in uh, growing up. And so, heading to university and, and going into um, a healthcare therapy degree seemed seemed pretty comfortable. Um, and so I went down to uni, left home, down to Dunedin. I think it was the year behind you. Yeah, I think you were there maybe the year or when did you finish up? Oh wait, I was finished in 06, so so two years two years behind. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I mean, it's a it's a fascinating fascinating topic, and I can see kind of what what drew you what drew you to it. So yeah, um, you you finished finished up in two thousand eight, and then worked for a couple of years after that. Is that yeah, right? So yeah. So I played a lot of hockey during school, which is part of the reason why I was injured in golf, and then uh, gave up hockey in my final year of school and, and uh, then gave up all sports when I went to uni and did physio and just committed to studying because I needed to. <laughs> wasn't smart enough to turn up and pass, pass courses, so had to um, double down in that first year. Uh, and then in the second year, started tinkering around with hockey again and in the third year, started playing um, competitively again for uh, varsity and then for Dunedin and in and, and my final year, I came up uh, into Hawke's Bay and, and Wellington where I did my final year placements and played hockey for Central and so hockey and physio were kind of like the two things that were uh, occupying my life at that stage where I came to Wellington went once I'd um, graduated and worked for a clinic in the middle of town and um, yeah and got cracking mm, mm. physio and, and uh, physio by day and then played hockey in the evenings and trained every other yeah. time Wellington a couple of seasons. Yeah. 
And kind of at, at that point in time when you when you started that, did you think, oh yeah, this is me, I'm I'm set, we'll just kind of roll on with this for for a wee while? Um I think parts of it, yeah, like um I initially when you become a physio as you know, all you can do is just try to be a physio and that's that's enough on your plate. Um, you kind of get out of physio and you know enough not to kill people. And, and then you're really trying to suss it out from there and, and you've got people who you're seeing every day. And so there's um, a lot of motivation to learn. So I was, I was just chewing back as much information as I could and talking to, I was lucky I had a really couple of really great mentors around me um, who I could, who were willing to spend time teaching me, which was really nice. And, uh, and I was working in the middle of a gym. So I had all of the, um, the gym motivation to, uh, understand how the body worked and they had bodybuilders and different athletes that were coming in and so getting all these different views on how the body functioned uh, and so that for me was enough to keep me well occupied that plus uh, trying to get better at a sport um, those two things were kind of quite aligned around how uh, well my interest in how the body and performance specifically how you could get a body to perform uh, and do a certain task better and um, and so I was, yeah, I just doubled down. I was just trying to learn as much as I could. And I did that for a number of years. Uh, I probably, I think it was two and a half years, two years. Um, had a couple kind of probably burnouts in, in that period, um, just from overworking and overplaying. It was hockey in the evenings, physio during the, during the day, and then a few parties during the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and it, uh, as you probably know, physio, you, you can't really get away with uh, not having good energy for a number of days. Mm. It becomes yeah. pretty intensive. Um, and uh, and so I had my first kind of experience where I was away from um, sport. I went and joined a couple of mates who played a game of golf every day for a year in 2010. And um, it's called Pure Golf 2010. And they, they were in my hockey team. And at the end of the hockey season, they went... We went on a hockey trip up to the Hawks Bay and I took them out to Cape Kanata's golf course and showed them around and uh, in somewhat of a kind of probably slightly hungover state. They were like, man, we should play golf every day for a year. And they were disillusioned corporate lawyers three years out. And, uh, and then I went to their flat about a month later and they, they said, oh, we've handed out a notice and we're organising this year of, of golf and we're going to play every day. Do you want to come? So, sounds amazing, but I can't do a whole year. <laughs> so after the hockey season finished, I went did the last four months of them and uh, played a game. And, and I was their manager slash um, physio for the time and uh, went for four months and flew over the day after uh, nationals here and met them in England um, and walked out on the golf course. And they were half thinking I was joking, not going to turn up. And then it was some kind of, you know, it was a good laugh that I was saying I was going to come over. And then I just walked down the tenth fairway, and they're playing their seconds into this par four, and the local news station is there filming them. And here I am, like baggy eyed and exhausted, after about thirty-five <laughs> hours of flight, walking down this this uh, fairway, and the, and they hadn't told the host that there was going to be another person. Yeah. And so I was in the middle of uh, of oh, northern England, and um, yeah. I like it was my kind of first experience out overseas by myself, not having to do anything uh, or be anywhere apart from you know the mission that we choose chosen to get mm-hmm. on board with. 
uh, and that was kind of probably the start of where things started to shift for me. But yeah, were, did was there anything that kind of uh, precipitated that that shift, or just the excitement of going and playing golf with your mates for four months? Oh, it's just the sheer ridiculousness of that whole journey that they're on. Yeah, and um, realizing that it was kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity where I had no. Uh, I had no responsibilities or commitments that I couldn't um, get out of and wasn't going to um, let anyone down. Um, you know, you're, when you're young, you're in a pretty pr- privileged position and mm. you know, I was earning, uh, I guess, what would be a standard salary for a physio. But again, that's when you consider um, the the way of the world, that's a pretty good salary when you're you know, 22. Mm. Mm. We know have many bills. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, I certainly didn't have enough money for it. I, ended up, I took out a, an overdraft, um, and I just leaned on my dad, and he, um, he, I think he, uh, he guaranteed the overdraft, and I was just like, I'm gonna go overseas for four months and and do this yeah. thing because if I don't, I'll regret it for the rest of my life. Yeah, was it a was it a pretty easy decision to make? Um, it was easy to make, but it was hard to process, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, well, no, well, no, it wasn't easy, I guess, but I think the like, logic behind it was sound, and so yeah. it, it felt like a logical decision, uh, but in the same instance, it, you know, you're borrowing a whole bunch of money and going overseas for the hell of it. Um, so there's a there's a bunch of fear and, and uh, anxiety that's around that, mm. but at one level I just thought screw up and jump. Yeah, when you when you started uh, when you went over there and just started doing things, did that uh, fear and anxiety hang around, or was that just all all pre the trip? No, it's, it's, it always pops up. You know, like if, when you whenever you go on any journey, I think um, the anxieties that you have during it. Uh, are ones that tend to pop up and, and test you as you go through um, but um, I got pretty good at quelling them mm-hmm. and just and and yeah I guess that was more yeah. of, a, of going oh well this is you know yes those are uh, those are anxieties but you know you've made the choice now and if you're going to be here you may as well enjoy it yeah <laughs> so that was your that was kind of your process with getting on top of them was just acknowledging them and saying hey this is this is something that's there but actually i'm here now i'll just keep pushing or did you have some other stuff that you did as well um having a couple other mates who are deep in it with you definitely helps Mm -hmm. Um, so you've got you know we had similar um anxieties at different times um but i think the main thing was just owning it like i i made the decision i made it um consciously uh, and I knew the like the the anxieties were mainly financial at that stage, um, and so like I knew I knew the the kind of the parameters of that, um, and I just had to accept it. Like I'd made the decision; it's been done, and mm-hmm. I'm overseas, and uh, you know I can acknowledge that decision, and I can accept that I've made it, and then I can move on. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no matter how much you do that, sometimes it still pops up, but you just got to keep reminding yourself. Yeah, yeah. And there's that, that thing that there's no such thing as a, a good decision or a bad decision. There are only only decisions 
and then it's up to our actions after that to yeah. whether they become in, in parentheses good or bad yeah 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 how do you want to react to that i guess mm, mm. so four months golf every day yeah, well, most days. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Was, I was in a lucky position where I didn't have to, whereas they had to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, that was and that was that was quite cool because they they were both corporate lawyers. Yeah, um, and I come from, as I said, this background of healthcare and therapy, um, and had no, had minimal, I guess, minimal interaction with the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Um, so understanding law, legal, finance, um, public relations, media. Um, you know, fundraising, which is all stuff we were doing. Uh, we were blogging every day, making videos, writing blogs, doing photos, um, emailing people, uh, emailing news uh, agencies ahead of where we were going, yeah. organizing events and fundraising and all this kind. And I'd, I'd never had any, like, never, not to that level. Um, and these guys, uh, you know, they're only a couple of years out of uni as well and two years into their lawyer degrees but they certainly had a bit of a grasp on that world because it's the world that they'd, yeah. been, uh, they'd lived in and that was how they were funding the, the year of golf with all of that stuff yeah um, well no it was it was self funded we raised um, we raised 80k for a charity up in Auckland oh awesome and um, and so but we were hustling to make it as cheap as possible mm-hmm. we paid for five games of golf for the whole year yeah um, and I think something like three nights accommodation Sweet, and we got yeah, got media rates on on airfares and all sorts of stuff. So, um, I think they got away with probably doing a, a year's travel and golf every day for probably maybe about thirty grand. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I mean, when you when you think about that, and when you start to to think of some of the costs, if you if you didn't do that hustle, that just is astronomical yes, and uh, yeah, minimal people in the world that would be able to afford to to go and do that. It's not possible. No, no. So that's, I mean, that's a, that's probably a, a pretty uncomfortable situation to throw yourself into, and is that all of that different, all of that different stuff from coming from a, being in a clinic room or being in a gym to just being thrown headfirst into into that environment. Yeah, I yeah. found I was a little bit, um, quite a little bit, probably quite more relaxed about things than, um, at, well, I guess it was different times, but um, than the other guys as well. Um, some of the risks and the, and the maybe it was this they they weren't stacking up to me because I, I hadn't uh, I didn't have the empathy for the the risks that they were facing in regards to like some days we'll be organising a game of golf one day in advance, two days from flying from Glasgow to Dubai we had nowhere in Dubai to stay, um, and twenty four hours beforehand this lady comes through from a couple of random emails from uh, a random connection in a bar in Scotland that happened about a month earlier. <laughs> and and uh, and then we're being hosted in this beautiful place in in Dubai and uh, yeah I don't know what it was but I think there were parts of it where we we were all, we all got really good at just accepting the position we were in mm-hmm. and uh, zoning in on the next step and figuring out what we can do next and, yeah and we're in the situation the, the worst thing we can do is freak out let's just figure out how we how we get this keep this thing moving yeah. <laughs> cool, cool. Um, that was uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. What What did you learn about yourself during that time? Was there any kind of big revelations that you had in that four months? Um, uh, I think there's numerous. Um, but I think some of the big like that was the first. 
that was the first moment in my life where I hadn't had to do anything. Um, I hadn't, like I went from school straight to university, um, from university straight into work into a job and playing hockey. And uh, that was the first time, at least it felt to me, where I could essentially do pretty much what I wanted. Um, and there was no one to tell me anything. It was like this first kind of sense of true autonomy. Yeah. The first um, interaction with that that I'd had. Yeah. And I think that's, um, that's that can be uh, that can be quite powerful. Mm. So kind of what you're saying, there wasn't that, like once you'd made this, this decision, there wasn't that kind of societal expectation on you to take the next step and do the do the next thing on your on the physio, yeah, yeah well the, just the, the path of life really i think i don't think it's particularly unique to yeah. any profession i think uh well, those are there they're always there um but i think i think part of me i've, I've got pretty supportive parents who don't tell me to do anything mm. um and that's a, that's a privilege, and uh, when I say I've got these things that I like to do, and I also had a really supportive uncle who loves golf and mm-hmm. saw some of the golf courses that we were going to be playing, and he's like, "You're an absolute idiot if you don't." Do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, part of it, I think, um, there was definitely some of those pressures, but at the same time, I had the viewpoint of like life, life can be long. Uh, and it can be short. And mm-hmm. if it's if I'm going to have a long life, then uh, I want to look back on these times where I've you know had a bit of freedom and, and the opportunity to do some of this that uh, I've taken it. And so it was more of uh, to a certain extent, if, uh, rather than progressing along a career path as such, it's me looking at my life and, and some of the, the people who influenced me around me going take take your opportunities while you've got them. And so it's kind of more of a different story in that regard, rather yeah. than just uh, a career pathway or, or a life yeah, path. Yeah, might, might be a part of that, but just in a yeah different paradigm. If you didn't have those supportive people around you, do you think you would have made the same decision? Um, who knows? Uh, I think it's a hard one because. Um, if I didn't, I wouldn't probably financially be able to do it. So mm. it would just would have been a no-go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I was pretty privileged to, to have that opportunity. Mm. Um, would have I been gutted? Sure. Like, I'd, I'd love to do it. Um, but at the same time, if I couldn't have, it would have been situational. Yeah. Uh, and um, I would have just had to deal with that like everything else. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but, I mean, after this, after this four months... Did you have a plan of what you were going to do after that before you went, or was that something that kind of evolved while you were away? Or did that did that change while you were away? That plan? Yeah, shit, yeah. Um, the the contact that I had with business and um, both both of those friends were entre- entrepreneurial at heart. You know, like they they'd done this challenge. You know, like that's that was a entrepreneurial challenge playing golf every day for a year and, and surviving. Um, and so we used to talk about all sorts of ideas and, and thrash out businesses and idea like and yeah, come up with all sorts of stuff and we'll be seeing things from different cultures and like, well, that's incredible, we don't have that, or this kind of stuff. So these kind of conversations around business and ideas were quite common. Um and at the start, before I left, I'd gone to my boss at the time 
and uh, we'd often had all sorts of chats about um, uh, the brain, neuroscience, uh, meditation, mindfulness, um, and different practices for around uh, how to improve your brain health. And when I asked for five months off and I asked for leave, I said, I want my job back. When I get back, can I have it? And he said, well, you're going for four months anyway. You might as well go this, do this meditation retreat that we've been talking about for a while um, at the end of it. And if you book it uh, and you show me you've booked it, I'll give you the time off and you'll have a job when you get back. Um, so I was like, deal. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and, uh, which was awesome. And so I booked it. And I didn't really look at it. And then when I got back, I got a reminder, an email reminder that it was coming up. And I almost had a heart attack, but I'd forgotten about it. And it was about a week away up in Auckland. And it was a 10-day meditation retreat. And so having time away to kind of get a bit of perspective, and I always find that nice, but that was the first time that I really felt like I got a bit of a bird's eye on my life from this random overseas perspective mm. of all these different cultures and you know, all the, everything you believe being challenged while you're traveling. Um, and then uh, interacting with a whole bunch of uh, new experiences and, and uh, diving into new topics with these friends. Um, by the time I got back, I definitely had a new position of where I wanted to go and it was more into the business and management aspect of physio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when I went and came back and then went into the meditation uh, retreat, then that... Um, that also was an incredible experience and that gave me a lot, uh, gave me a new skill, but also um, uh, gave me, I guess, more of a perspective on how I look at life. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So when I came back, I went into, um, I went back to the same boss and I guess it was a bit pushy. So I got back and I'm thanks for holding my job, but I want to be a manager. I want to manage this clinic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, and they let me manage it. <laughs> was there a bit of discussion around that or is oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah sweet yeah no, they, they, I think they they scaled back to management it was like operations rather yeah. than full, full gone management but it, yeah. um, it was still it still gave me a little bit of a um, place to tinker yeah yeah um, you're not still managing that clinic though no. now you're, you've kind of uh, evolved on yeah. from there yeah yeah what sort of what sort of stuff are you doing at the moment well, about, oh, lots of different things. Um, once I got back from that, I lasted about five months and then I um, wanted to go travelling again and went to Holland and played hockey professionally for a couple of years. Uh, and then that got me more into the business side of things, came back here, um, managed a clinic and then uh, started a clinic in Palmerston North. Um, and then after working in Holland uh, in a different field and then coming back and working more in healthcare, uh, I just started to see the massive um, gaps between how we understand the body and how we understand health and performance and productivity um, and how businesses are set up and the processes and the cultures that we have um, and how, I guess, oppressive some of that is and archaic it is. Uh, And working as a kind of a physio and as a clinic manager to a degree um, and working in these other businesses uh, overseas, it started to really get to me that we don't integrate some of the knowledge that we have on human bodies and and people and behaviour um, and behaviour change uh, into the business world. Uh, and I was seeing it with the patients I was treating and the lives that they're leading and the pressures that they're under at work and uh, 
returning to work, for instance, or and then the the overflow effect that has on relationships and home situations and kind of the de- devastation that um, a poor life uh, work life can cause on people's personal relationships and lives at large as well. Uh, and so that's what really started to motivate me uh, to shift out of just being on the tools of physio and treating people um, to looking at um, broader systemic changes and shifting my energy to the top of the cliff uh, and looking at how I could be more in preventative medicine um, and preventative healthcare. Um, and that for me was through entrepreneurship. So that was through looking at new products and services, um, new technology, new ways of working and, and uh culture development within companies that will foster um, a more high performance, healthier workforce. Uh, and I could see, you know, I had lots of friends that were in shitty situations at work. Um, my situation had got pretty bad as well. And it just got to a, a tipping point where I was like, all right, I, had, I, I uh, signed out for my job and had about a three month runway um, of cash savings and had an idea and I'd started another business um, about oh, probably 18 months earlier in town just tinkering with um, at a at the market at the Friday night market on Cuba Street with a bunch of friends um, because you know, when I got back from Holland it was really clear I wanted to, to be involved in business uh, and I wanted to be involved in business with friends um, and so by the time I got to that point where to finish physio I'd had a couple ideas under my, up my sleeve and, and wanted to pursue them a bit further. Uh, and so I jumped out, spent a couple of weeks hanging out with just my dad and then spent a couple of weeks hanging out with my mum and went to another meditation retreat and then got stuck into some ideas and, and went and did an entrepreneurship boot camp type thing and, um, and started learning a lot. And then from there, just it's just been a kind of a, a bit of a flow-on effect since. Mm, mm. Um, running different events, um, looking into different businesses uh, and now I work with a, a company called Motif which is a business advisory firm and so we help people who want to do uh, business or ethical business get from A to B so we focus on strategic um, services so looking at, looking at really narrowing in on how people want to get from where they are to where they want to go. Cool, cool and, and obviously playing with products and other ideas. Yeah, yeah and I mean, there's a there's a lot of stuff that we can we can kind of talk about with that, but I'm I'm mindful of the time. Yeah. Um, so maybe that maybe that's another podcast to talk about. Yeah. Uh, about movement in the body and kind of yeah. all the interaction of the systems. But with with this process that you have been through, has it been quite a bumpy one along the way, or has it been kind of just a nice smooth evolution <laughs> through a whole lot of a whole lot of seemingly slightly interconnected uh, yeah, pathways yeah. for you. Yeah. I've, um, yeah, I've somehow managed to reason um, uh, the, the logic of it, but it's, um, it's, it does seem pretty disparate. I think uh, it definitely hasn't been easy. Mm-hmm. Like, um, moving out of physio and into this more of a business entrepreneurial world mindset is um, – makes you embrace a whole heap of vulnerability and unknown. Um, and I looked at doing MBAs, for instance, and, um, and going back to uni and, and then thought, you know, I'm going to give it a go, um, learning by doing and just getting mm-hmm. stuck in and see where I go. And, and 
picking some good mentors along the way to to guide me and to to um, draw on for uh, inspiration and knowledge, and uh, and that's been really really good. But it definitely hasn't been smooth. It's been bloody tough. Yeah, at yeah. times. But it's also been really awesome at yeah. times as well. How do you at the moment? How do you deal with that discomfort when that pops up for you? Mm. Is it the same way that you did when you were when you were golfing? Getting, I think, getting to more of that. Um, it's definitely when when there's golf like for that. There was an end date. And mm-hmm. It was a finite game, and yeah. then there was something I was going back to. Whereas this is an infinite game, and um, the questions you have are more existential. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and so so uh, it can spiral out sometimes. Uh, it hasn't spiralled out that much for me, um, but you know, it definitely can. It can be a bit tough in the questions you start asking, mm. um, and you, I guess the thing is, you start asking more questions more often, and so you start having to you, you whittle away at your own biases and you whittle away at your own um, beliefs that you've built up over the time. Uh, and you start to find some of them out, and um, and when you do, that's that's a little bit of an existential crisis. You've got to you've just proved something that you believe is wrong, or you've just shown up one of your biases, which is why you're in one of these situations, and and uh, and that's a real pain in the ass. <laughs> and uh, and so um, yeah, and so that's that makes it pretty tough sometimes. Mm. But but with that, you I, I feel like I, I learn. Uh, rapidly yeah um and uh and and getting better with it and so my approach now when i get into those situations and the thing that i find most important is going back to the core reason of why the hell am i doing this Mm -hmm. Um, and to me that's to improve uh improve people's health awesome and sounds like it's just the more you practice the better you get at it it's just like anything. Yeah. Like this, yeah. this journey has been, it was one of the challenging things to me was um, being a beginner at something again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been, you know, just eight years out of physio. I've been playing hockey for 18 years. Um, was pretty good at both of those things. Uh, and then I jumped into this thing, which is a completely new field. And uh, at times it's a bit of a hit to the ego and it's pretty humbling to not be the one of the better people that are that you're around and um and to be there kind of just absorbing knowledge and, and being proved wrongly front and center um but that's uh i'm pretty grateful for that experience yeah. as well cool mate um before we before we wrap this up i've got three quick questions for you the first one is uh what was the last uncomfortable thing that you did and how did you get through it last uncomfortable thing I, what would have been probably last, well, yeah, let's say last Wednesday, there's probably other ones, but the Wednesday jumps to mind. Um, I had to uh, get up on stage in front of 150 people and, and uh, thanks, it was purely to thank someone for doing such an epic job and, and, uh, and yeah, public speaking fears me. Um, so that was probably the most pronounced uncomfort I've been in. In the last week. <laughs> yeah. How did you get through it? I got through it by uh, realising it wasn't about me. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And uh, yeah, by reason, I'd be trying to represent the person I was saying thanks to um, 
as much as I could. Awesome. What's the next uncomfortable thing that you're going to do and why is that uncomfortable? Uh, probably take this desk to market. It's, um, it's pretty up there. Um, just because it, uh, it will be a whole bunch of investment and you don't know what's going to come out of it. Mm. Um, both time, money, effort. Um, and uh, and I know that there is um, a bunch of black holes that I haven't shone light on yet. Like there's a bunch of information and due diligence and uh, different aspects that I need to do that hasn't been done. And there are some things that I don't know how to do. And so, um, yeah, knowing some of those things and, and trying to find people to help and um, trying to put this desk into the public limelight after 18 months, two years of development and it's a scary process. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I see why that's uncomfortable. Um <laughs> Mate, before we before we kind of oh, before I ask the last question, we wrap up. I just want to say thanks for thanks for your time. Thanks for bringing me around, showing me your your desk prototype. It, it's very cool. Um, it's a, a adjustable height desk for obviously those people that aren't sitting in the room with me and Bart. Um, but it's a it's a little bit different. And uh, once you once you bring it out, mate, I'll, I'll definitely share out some links so people can see what we're what we're talking about with it. Nice. Um, but also, yeah, thanks for sharing your journey and your, your insights that you've gained with it and uh, mm. your, your constantly evolving uh, life philosophy as your biases get, get challenged and, uh, yeah. and your, your perceptions get challenged. Uh, but before we wrap up, mate, do you have any advice or life lessons or interesting facts to leave us with? Crikey. Life lessons or interesting facts. <laughs> Not many people go for the interesting fact route. Well, I guess the interesting fact is that, uh, like exercise or, or physical fitness, your ability to get to the ground and back up off the ground is a predictor of uh, uh, lifelong well-being. Mm. Interesting fact. I guess life lesson. Um, oh, I'm not sure. I think that interesting fact is a good one to leave people with. There you have it guys, uh, what did you guys think of that? Let me know, uh, tweet me at ChrisDesmondNZ on Twitter or head over to Facebook and let us know at UncomfortableIsOK or even pop me an email, UncomfortableIsOK at gmail.com Make sure if you like what you heard today that you share it out on your favourite podcast app and while you're there, hit subscribe, leave us a review it just uh, helps get the podcast into a whole lot more ears. I want to thank you guys again for listening and taking the time to get uncomfortable with us today. I want to thank my brother Jeremy Desmond, as always, for the fantastic theme music for the podcast. And as I said earlier, I'm going to have try and have another conversation with Bart so that we can hear more of his insights. But I just want to leave you with one thought today and kind of as Bart said, he really goes out there and challenges his own assumptions and challenges his own biases um, and continuously proved them wrong. So what biases of yours have you been challenging lately? Uh, again, let us know and have a great week.
Oh, 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 oh,